Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach and mum to three teenagers. Trust me, I know just how hard being a parent can be. There are times when it can all become a bit too much and leave us feeling at our wits end. Sometimes we need some advice, a fresh perspective and a little bit of help. That's why I'm here and why I do what I do. And that's why I created this Parenting in the Thick of It podcast. Welcome to the show today. It's a very special show for me, this one, because I have recorded, as of now, 100 podcasts. And as I sit here or I've sat this week thinking, what will I do for my 100th podcast? I really wasn't sure. So just recently, I was listening to an episode on a podcast. It was Amy Porterfield's Porterfield's uh, podcast. And I follow her podcast fairly regularly and I came across one where she shared her story. I think she actually shared 10 of her most embarrassing moments and I absolutely loved it. So on this 100th episode, I've decided to share my story with you. What you will realise is this. If you're a mum, I'm just like you. A mum with a history And yes, today I'm going to share a hilarious comment I made as a child that I have never um, forgotten about because my family remind me continuously. My most embarrassing moment ever. You've got to stay tuned for this, guys, because it's good. And a profound moment in my life. And I'll share with you who I married. And from this, I hope you'll get more of a flavour of who I am and what I represent. But stay tuned right to the end because I'll be giving you the details of what I'm going to give away in celebration of this, my 100th episode on the podcast. There has to be something for all of you amazing listeners. Honestly, I'm so very grateful to you all for all your comments and for being able to support you as I do. I I got a comment the other day saying, oh my goodness, I just listened to 20 of your episodes while I cleaned the house. They were awesome. I've so appreciate them and they've helped me no end. So guys, this is why I do what I do. I absolutely love sharing my stories, giving you my wisdom, my advice, my opinion occasionally. So today it's actually all about me and you can get to know me. So sit back and enjoy the show and do remember to stay till the end. It all began in 1965. I was born then. And I'm the eldest of three girls. I have identical twin sisters, three years younger than me. And we were all raised in a tiny little village called Dollar in central Scotland. It lies between Edinburgh and Perth, if you go in a kind of north-south direction, and between Stirling and St Andrews in an east-west one. And I say this because I'm sure many of you have been to Scotland. So many people just love Scotland and want to go there. And many of you have probably driven through the village of Dollar. Blink and you'd miss it. But that's where I lived. And by tiny, I mean only 3,000 people lived there. But 1,000 of those were students in the school. There was a huge, big uh, school in the village. And as you can imagine, the school played a very big part in our lives and everybody's lives. You know, to give you an idea of how far back the school goes, I just recently was there to celebrate the school's 200th birthday. So my grandparents went to the school on both sides. My Both my parents went to the school. My sisters and I went to the school. Most of our cousins went there too. 
And despite it being in a small village, the school attracted students from all over the world. So it gave us all a really um, a great global and kind of international perspective to life over the narrowness of life as it can be. And as you might know, if you've been raised in one, it can, the village can be very, very narrow. Everyone knows what you're doing. But looking back on it, it really was like the perfect balance. And I knew then how lucky I was to live such an idyllic life. You know, all my friends were a short walk away. My cousins lived around the corner. My mum's sister had four daughters. So there were seven girls under the age of six. Can you imagine this? So I got to spend so much time with my cousins. My grandparents were around. I loved them all dearly. And my mum's dad was an accomplished scientist. He was a plant geneticist. And he actually got his CBE, which is the commander of British Empire from Queen Elizabeth, for his contributions to agriculture. Anyway, I say this, his garden was a masterpiece. It was like something you see in those, those you know, um, gardening magazines. And he inspired in my mum and in me a love and passion for gardening and for nature and painting. And for this, I'm forever grateful Nature played and still plays a huge part in my life. There's, there's honestly not a day that passes where I'm not in awe of it. And I feel such gratitude to be part of Mother Nature's vast expanse. She never fails to fill me up and inspire me. I mean, there's times where I can kind of lie on my back on the lawn and look up through the trees to the sky. And I, it makes me want to cry. Anyway, I won't start crying now. But from a young age... There was nothing I loved more in life than art, nature and sport. You name it, I played it and thrived on it. Tennis, field hockey and golf were my favourites. I still play them, not field hockey. And my mum always laughs when she recalls me age five, bursting into tears while playing dominoes. And we were playing it with one of her friends and her three sons. So there were the three, our three girls and these three boys playing dominoes. And I lost and I burst into tears and I said this. This is a funny comment. It's not that I mind losing. I just hate not winning, I cried. Competitive me? No, no, no. I was back then. Although I must add, I was really only competitive with myself and I've become way less competitive as I've got older. When I was 15, though, my parents made a huge decision and life as we knew it was about to change big time. We were going to move to Zimbabwe. My dad had been offered a job there and he took it. And I remember the day we arrived in Harare so clearly. All the three of us wanted to do was to go and see an orange growing on a tree. So on the way home from the airport, we did. We saw them, picked them, ate them. And nearly stepped on a snake. I'll remember that as well. We only spent one year at school there, though. As great as it was, we were kind of caught between two educational systems. So we all made the decision that the three of us would return to our old school, Dollar Academy, to finish our schooling there. But this time as boarders, which was fun. I love boarding school. And while we were there, my parents moved again. They moved from Harare in Zimbabwe to Cape Town in South Africa. So when I finished school, that's where I found myself on a plane to. What an adventure and, exciting, and an exciting opportunity. I look back and think, wow, how lucky was I to have this incredible experience? 
And it's funny because I don't even remember being nervous about making these big moves in my life. I was definitely a make the most of what I have and do my best whatever kind of girl. And moving like that, I guess it certainly forces a resilience and a get on with it like nothing else can. I always grew up wanting to be a physical education teacher. My grandma on my dad's side was a PE teacher in her day. But the university in Cape Town didn't offer that course, but they did offer physiotherapy. My mum was a nurse, so the medical field had always interested me. And it definitely sparked a curiosity in me for physio. And I decided to jump right into it and loved every minute I spent as a physio student. I worked in the hospital where Christian Barnard performed the very first heart transplant. It's called Hrutescure. And how cool was that? Like, it was quite amazing. But remember, I said I'd share with you my most embarrassing moment ever. So drum roll, please. This happened while I was in my final fourth year as a physio student. And I'll set the scene. It's funny, as I'm chatting here, I'm actually getting (laughs) getting butterflies even telling you this. Anyway, we always had our year-end clinical exams and they were a big deal, especially final year. And we always got so nervous about them. And we were only told the day before the exam where the exam would actually be. And it could be anywhere. Like it could range from the burns unit to cardiothoracic, neurology, ICU, surgical wards, medical wards, the hand clinic... But mine was to be at the University Sports Injuries Clinic on the main campus. As far as I was concerned, I had hit the jackpot. This was my favourite unit. I loved everything there was about sports injuries. And this was, this was where I wanted to work when I qualified. Not in that sports injury clinic, but I always wanted my own sports injury practices, which I actually did um, do later on in my life. But it was all I wanted to do. Anyway, back to the exam. My patient was one of the university first 15 rugby players. So think hunky, good looking, cool guy, and you will understand the picture and the pressure I was under. And during the exam, there was me, him and his sprained ankle. I remember he'd sprained his ankle. That's what I was treating. And there were two clinical supervisors standing there in their white coats with clipboards looking like really official. Honestly, my heart's racing as I tell you this. So the curtains were all closed around us and it was all really serious, like super serious. And as I sat on a little wooden stool administering an ultrasound treatment to his ankles, I reached to turn the dial on the machine. And as I did, I let out the most enormous fart. I totally did. It was so loud and absolutely couldn't have been anything else. I wanted the ground to swallow me up. Can you imagine? It was followed by a deathly silence. No one said anything. And as I fumbled and tried to describe what I was doing, I'm doing a really bad job of it. I looked towards one of the supervisors, I think for a bit of help, so they could maybe just talk my way out of it. And she was bright red in the face, actually blushing for me. It was so bad. My patient was embarrassed for me. It was awful. Anyway, needless to say, I passed and all was good, but I'll never forget it. Never, ever. And who knows, the world's such a small place that with this public announcement of my exam fart, 
Maybe the hunky good-looking rugby player will reach out and say, hey, remember the time you farted in your clinical exam? Well, I'm the guy you farted in front of. I'll bet he's dined out on that little escapade many times. Anyway, shortly after that, I qualified as a physio and I decided to go to London in the UK to meet up with my cousins and old school friends to spend six months working there. But the six months soon became full-time because it was there I met a guy. There's always a guy, right? And two years later, I married this guy. So who was he? Where did he come from? Well, he was from the same village as I grew up in. He was at, from Dollar. He actually had joined my class when he was eight. But wait, it gets even better. He lived in the same cul-de-sac as we did. There were six houses in our street. He was number four and we were number eight. I know it's sounding ridiculous, but it's true. He was the boy next door. And get this, he is born on September the 22nd and I am born on September the 18th, both of us in 1965. And we recently, well, a couple of years ago, we celebrated our 100th birthday. But add to this, this coincidence gets even greater. My grandma's birthday was on the 17th of September, which is one day before mine. And my grandpa's birthday was on the 21st of September, one day before my husband's. How spooky is that? One of the few differences between us is that he's one of three boys and I'm, as you know now, one of three girls. Even our parents were great friends. There were few stones unturned. As I mentioned earlier, though, we lived in London for about seven years and then we moved to Edinburgh. And it was during our two-year stint in Edinburgh and I'd set up my physio practices. I had two practices within two gyms and they were going gangbusters. My husband received a call from a work colleague from way back in his London days and this guy was living in Vancouver, Canada and was offering Simon a job and we were both like Vancouver that's the west coast of Canada isn't that near Whistler that's the one of the biggest ski resorts in the world so needless to say we jumped at the opportunity and I remember many people saying things to us like but but what if you don't like it what will you do I remember thinking uh we don't like it we leave no big deal I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree though because my mom took a huge leap of faith moving to Africa and it worked out for her and here I was taking a similar leap albeit to a first world country. In my books she was really brave. First to first is one thing but first to third is another altogether. So 18 years ago almost actually three weeks shy of the exact date I arrived in Vancouver, five months pregnant with our two Burmese cats and two suitcases to start my life in a country I'd visited eight months earlier because Simon and I had come here for the interview and we'd skied Whistler Blackcomb, sat on a beach and knew it was worth a leap. And has it been worth it? Okay, you're probably thinking, right, so she's pregnant, farted in a clinical exam, was competitive in her youth, cried over dominoes, was a sports physio, Married the boy next door, but where does the parenting piece fit in here? So being a newcomer to Canada with no family of our own within 5,000 miles, three children under the age of four, I mean, what were we thinking? Anyway, it was proving to be quite a challenge. At times, we honestly wondered what we'd done. We had almost no time for ourselves. We were exhausted, overwhelmed. My husband was traveling. I was on my own with these three babies. And being a parent and your child's beck and call at times, as you probably know, it just at times is relentless. Anyway, as ever, 
The universe always steps up just when you need it because just as things got really challenging, the phone rang and this voice said, Hey Lou, just wondering if you and Simon would like to be part of a parenting class with X and I. And I kind of said, a parenting class? What's that? And who, what, where, when, why? I was almost kind of indignant. Was it that obvious we needed help? Anyway, he said, I'm setting up a parent support group. I have an awesome parent counsellor guy lined up to teach us and I need seven couples. We'll meet for 10 sessions within the school calendar year. Are you in or out? I need to know now. We're in, was my response. And when Simon came home from work, I said, hey, guess what? I just signed us up for 10 parenting classes. 13 years later, this group is still going strong. And my life, and I know Simon would, would say the same, our lives as parents has changed for the better. In fact, I actually don't know what we would have done without the, the parent advice, coaching, wisdom, and everything that we've had for 13 years with the group. But three years in, into that, so about 10 years ago, the counsellor took me aside and asked me if I would consider training to become a parent coach myself. You know when someone says something to you and you kind of look behind you to see if they're speaking to the person behind you? Well, there was no one behind me. He was speaking to me. And I, I said to him, but me, really? Why? And he said, because it's what you're meant to do. And little did I realise back then that this would shape the rest of my life and fuel a passion and fire in me that I never knew existed, and that being to help children thrive and acquire the skills that they would need to help raise themselves to becoming the incredible and unique young adults they're coded to be and deserve to become. And to help to do this through helping parents raise themselves, I was sold. So I went on to become a certified Adlerian parenting educator and parenting junkie. I consumed everything there was out there on parenting. I taught it, breathed it, bought it, cried it, lived it, loved it. And as, as if this wasn't enough, I then enrolled in a one-year graduate diploma, diploma program, which is affiliate, was affiliated with the University of Seattle, to become a certified parent coach. And looking back on it all, I actually don't know how I did everything I did. And it gets better because just when life got really busy, could I resist the challenge and opportunity to test my ice skills and try my hand at a sport I've never played, ice hockey? I'm always up for a challenge, especially a sporting one and especially one on ice. And I mention this because it actually led me to one of the proudest moments in my life. It was during this time that a great friend of mine, shout out Steffi Lou Koo, who's also a hockey player, we both stumbled upon a fast-paced game called floorball. I don't know if you have heard of it, maybe, maybe not. If not, it's a five-a-side uh, hockey game played on a court with boards that form a wall, a sidewall all the way around it. It's played with a stick. And the end of the stick has a kind of plastic scoop with with holes in it. The ball is a wiffle ball. So the head of the stick, it almost looks like a bigger wiffle ball. It's shaped and the holes are all like vented, etc. And shaped to be aerodynamic. That's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, it's gathering momentum here in North America, but it's as big as hockey is here in Europe, particularly in the Scandinavian countries. And this stumble soon saw me playing floorball any time I could. I couldn't get enough of it. And it culminated in me being selected to play for Team Canada and not in the Masters League. So I'm having a little brag here, but it was a very proud moment for me. So 
Age 44, out of 400 international players, I was the second oldest person playing with these young guns and little whippersnappers. Most of them were between the ages of 18 and 25. And standing on the court in Sweden at the World Championships in 2009 as the Canadian flag was raised was a moment I will never forget. I couldn't sing a word of O Canada, which I love. is such an amazing anthem. I couldn't sing it. I was crying so much. It was so moving. But it was funny because the other girls in the team, they were just like whooping and, and hollering and they seemed more excited than emotional. But I guess that's what kids and age does to you. It's always amazing to reflect back on your life and see the patterns. And, you know, even as I tell this story, the patterns are amazing. Everything I've ever done has been in service to other people. And, you know, if physio was all about rehabilitating after injury and getting people back to peak performance. And I coached my daughter's field hockey team for eight years and helping young girls become better field hockey players or mums being better mums. I thrive when I'm helping other people's optimize their other people optimize their per- performance. I reckon I was just born to do this. I I can't help myself. I'm like Bruce the shark in Nemo. You know when he smells the blood, he goes, "I just can't help it," and I just can't help myself. But about five years ago, I came across the work of Dr. Shafali Sabari. She's the one that I refer to often in my podcast. She's the one who endorsed my organizer which, by the way, is undergoing a name change and a rebranding. It's going to go from the conscious family organizer to the parenting in the thick of it family organizer. Anyway, Dr. Shafali's work and working with her has changed me and my role as a mum like nothing else ever has. It's been pretty incredible, really. And, you know, while I've been doing this work, it's It's only then that I've really began to understand just why being a parent can be the challenge it is. Well, certainly for me. I think it's because parenting is a roller coaster ride, but life and culture and everything that we are immersed in today conditions us to only want and accept the ups. We want the glossy, shiny, nice new parts, and we kind of believe that there's something wrong when it's dull and glossy and dull and and, um, not so nice. We think it's wrong when when it's otherwise. We want to be happy all the time. We want our kids to be happy all the time and never fight. We want to be successful and we're terrified of failure. Like we want grapes with no seeds and we want the technology, but our kids can't be on their devices. We want the roses without the thorns. We want, you know, we just want it all. And we want all the good things. And up until this point, I I think I'd totally fallen for this. I really struggled to accept the downs and the not so great moments. And I and I think I allowed all of that to just pull me down a peg for all the good times. So the way I was was almost like it was like a thin layer of something on my skin. And for years I was trapped in this circle, lapping up the good fighting the not so good. The kids are great. I love being a mum. I've totally got this to the kids are demons. I hate this. I've turned into a raging beast of a mum again. You know, going from life so amazing to, oh my God, it's hard. On and on. Good day, bad day. Good day, bad day. And as you might know, resisting and bypassing or doing nothing to change things or move through the muck or, you know, 
be in the thick of it. it. It doesn't work if you resist it because nothing ever changes. You know this, I'm sure you do. The demon kids and the raging beast just keep turning up. And this was my life. And it really changed when I got my head around two things. And these are my kind of my takeaways here. That one, accepting life is what it is. It sounds so obvious, but I was resisting it and expecting things that were just not realistic. And I think we all do. And I, I often speak to this in my podcasts. And two, understanding that the only thing I could change was me. I know I didn't want to change my kids. I mean, who wants to change their kids? But you think you need to change your kids when they don't behave the way you want them to. But understanding that the only thing that you can change is you. And me understanding and owning my part to play in the creation of the patterns and dynamics in our home was huge. Paying attention to how I play my part, also enormous. I speak to this, episode 76 on the podcast, this is my big secret. And I learned that I had to start fixing things from the inside. By by that, I mean I had to do the inner work, I had to be intentional, take action, look in the mirror. What was I doing? What was my part to play? Because it wasn't my kids who needed fixing it was me. They're small. They're they're growing up. They didn't know, but I'm older. I know. And like many parents, my fixits were kind of outside in and externally focused. I was always looking to the outside, trying to fix other things when they needed to be the complete opposite. And slowly I started to shed bits of that thin layer of skin, just a little, little at a bit, and then it would cover up again and I'd shed a bit. Because I do believe it's an ongoing process, but it's so easy to be seduced by the old ways, old habits, old beliefs, and even the beliefs of others that aren't even mine. I realized, you know, there were things I really think I should believe this, but I didn't. So it was only when I really dug in there and peeled back all the layers and recognized that it is, it's hard to make changes and it's way too easy to fall back into the old patterns and into the old skin but it was only when I really started looking within and fixing the things within that things started to change on the outside. And learning to be able to work towards staying on the high road and accepting that the isness of life is a constant work. And with three teenagers, trust me, I have so many opportunities to work on it. All the time they're, you know, they they say things all the time. Kids say things that, that will trigger you. But the 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 thing is, are you going to let yourself be triggered? And this work that I have done has allowed me to, you know, I often talk about zipping it, being compassionate. This is what this work has done. It's helped me get onto the high road and stay there for more times. But okay, so can I do this all the time? No. And I'm glad I can't because if I got it right all the time, there'd be something seriously wrong with me and my kids. I don't think it's possible It's a continuous work in progress. It's ever evolving. Every moment's a new one. Every challenge is a new one. I can't predict what the next challenge might be. I can't predict what one of my three teenagers might do next. Excuse me, I'm not a crystal ball reader, although at times, yeah, sure, it would be nice. And many people think that just because I do what I do and I'm a parent coach and educator, I must be the perfect parent. Ha ha. 
There's no such thing and I'm as imperfect as they come. I'm a mum, just like you. A mum with a 17-year-old boy, a 15-year-old girl, soon to be 16, and a 13-year-old boy. A mum with a whole load of wisdom and a mum with a huge history. And I just love helping mums thrive in their role as mums. And believe me, it helps me too. It holds me accountable to walk the talk, admit and share my screw-ups. And, you know, from me admitting my mistakes and sharing my complete and utter screw-ups with you, it helps you realise that you're human, you're a mum, we all make mistakes, but we need to learn from our mistakes to help us raise ourselves, to raise the young adults our children are fast becoming. I mean, just a few minutes ago, I said I had three kids under four and it seems like it. But, you know, now I've got three kids under 17. We never know what tomorrow might bring. So I like to try and live every moment for what the moment is and mind my mind and try and master my mind, notice my mind and do all I can to stay in the here and now and not worry about things in the future. I have no control of that or worry about past regrets. They've happened. They've gone. I've forgiven. I've let go. It helps me stay here. What I do know is that I've had a very fortunate life, or I think I have. Sure, I've had many downs. I, I haven't shared the downs with you and all the things I've been subject to, but that's not why I'm here. I consider myself very lucky to, to, um, to be so content and to have found something that fuels me, that allows me to give help and connect to others as much as it does. The time is now. Wow. I think that's probably about it. I've got to now, the present moment. 52 years in, I don't know how many minutes I've been chatting here. Let me just see. 29 minutes. Oh my goodness, guys, I'm apologizing. I've spoken about myself for 29 minutes. Anyway, it was kind of cool for me to sum up my life. And I hope that you have enjoyed my my sharing some of the, the details and moments but now, if you have hung in here, boy, you really deserve this. The really exciting news is this 100th podcast giveaway. I'm going to give the lucky winner of the draw two one-hour private parent coaching sessions with me. If you want to enter the contest, hop over onto the homepage on my website and you'll see there's a photo of me and underneath it, there's a sign-up bar. The website's yourparentingpartner.com. I'll put that link in the notes of this episode as well. But sign up uh, to the, the podcast draw and then that will put you on the list. And on the 30th September at noon, I will be making the draw and I will be notifying the winner by email. Here's another thing I can do too. If you share this episode on your Facebook or Instagram page and tag me. So, you know, when you, you link someone, so I will see if you've if you've done it. I'll send you a code to download your, a free copy of the theme pages of the Conscious Family Organizer, which is soon to be renamed the Parenting in the Thick of It Family Organizer. So I'd love for you to have that. That's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know me. And don't forget to tune into the next episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It podcast. Till next time, thanks so much for listening. I'm so deeply grateful to you all. Bye for now.